Well, church, I've got a word that I'm going to be sharing with you over the next few weeks because I believe in this time and season, the church needs to understand who they are, how to become the powerful instrument in God's hand in this time and season that is so different that we've been experiencing the past year and we don't know for how long. And I firmly believe that we are living in the last of the last days. And as you know, I've said this many times because all the signs are there. And so the church in that season has to go to another level. It can't remain complacent. It can't remain compromising. The church has to become radical because evil is becoming radical. And we see that in the apostasy that's in the world. And apostasy, that word means a lack of faith, a lack of godliness. And the Bible clearly says in the last days there will be a great apostasy. In other words, more and more people are going to reject the living God. More and more people are going to turn to human rights. More and more people are going to turn to human wisdom. And the more we do that, the less of God we will implement in our lives. And so I want to spend the next few weeks talking to you about the church, but one aspect, which is the church powerful, the church powerful, because that's who Jesus destined us to be. Now, it's absolutely important in these days that we live in, that we understand who we are, it's very important, and for what purpose we exist. You see, we're not here by accident. We're not living in this pandemic by accident. In fact, God does nothing by accident. He knew this was going to happen billions of years ago, even more than billions of years ago. In time of eternity past, God knew that this pandemic will come upon the earth. He also knew that more and more people, I saw this morning, the figure has now reached 7.7 .7 billion people in the earth, that the great majority will turn their back on him. Do you know the strange thing is many of his people are good people. They're not all a bunch of skelems and, and, and robbers and thieves and, and whatever. Not at all. Some of them are very good people. Some of them are philanthropists. In other words, people who love other people. That's what that word means. Some of them do great works and establish great organizations for the benefit sometimes of a community and so on. Some of them sow billions into community projects. And so they're not all bad people. 
But we've got to understand the difference between a bad person and one who is not godly. There's a difference. An ungodly person is one who is not following God. That doesn't make them a bad person in the sense of what we understand in our human thinking. But their hearts are far from God. And that's the tragedy of it. I know some of these people myself. Some of my family members. They're such great people. But they're not godly. And that is what makes the difference in somebody's life. And the church of a living God, that's you and I, are here existing in this time and this season for a purpose. We have a purpose to accomplish. Amen? So, Let's first deal in terms of who are we. Perhaps sometimes it's important to refresh ourselves because as time goes, we have a tendency to forget who we are. You know, you can get, you can get caught up in church life. Church life is not just worship and listening to the word. Church life's got activities, it's got things that we get involved with. And this very morning I was listening to someone talking and they were saying that everything that you do out of love will not release the anointing. That's quite a statement. Anything you do, you see we can do a lot of things for God without love in our hearts for those that we are ministering to. And that is something we've got to look at because God will release his power, and we're talking of church powerful, and he will release his anointing when you have compassion. That's why Jesus ministered so powerfully. The power of God, the power of the Spirit of God flowed through him because he has compassion for the people. And I know in my own life, there's been so many times we can get so caught in the activities of a church and the things that need to be done and this and that, that we lose sight of the love for other people. And so, I want to talk firstly about who are we? Well, we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in this earth, in this time, and in this season. You know, life is made up of dispensations. There's a time where we are young, the time where we become teenagers, time we become young adults, time where we become middle-aged, I think is the right word. Time when we become more mature. Time when we become old. And in each one of those seasons, there are different things that we do and, and, and the way we behave, all of these things keep changing because they wouldn't be appropriate for me as a 70-year-old to be behaving like a five-year-old. Amen? And so times and seasons and dispensations work through life and we are now in a different dispensation than we were 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it demands upon us a sensitivity to the season that we are living in. 
So, yes, we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we are in this earth, in this time, and in this season. This is who we are, the people of God, his establishment for a purpose. We are the chosen, chosen ones of the Lord, of the universe. A very special people, the Bible says, and in the, in the King James, the New King James, it's translated a peculiar people. Peculiar means different, unusual. So the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is meant to be different. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. The only human rights we conform with are those that are in line with the Bible. If it's not in line with the Bible, we do not conform to it, however good it sounds. Amen. Who are we? We are kings and priests of the Most High God. Do you know that right now you are God's ambassador to this world? Wow, what a responsibility. You represent the king. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. We are his ambassadors in the earth right now. We've always been his ambassadors. Do you know that sometimes we lose sight of that? Are we talking of who are we? We are the ambassadors of the Lord of hosts. Wow. As kings and priests, firstly, as kings, we are spiritually equipped to reign. We are meant to reign in this life through the one, Jesus Christ. That's what the word says. As priests, we are spiritually equipped to offer worship and intercession. Now, today I'm not going to minister too much on intercession and prayer, but suffice it to say, that in this time and season, every believer should be praying more. Do you believe that? We should be praying for those who are suffering, those who are, have caught this horrible uh, sickness, those who are in hospitals, those who are caring for all of these people, our family members who have lost loved ones, who have lost their jobs. There's so many things. That we can pray for. And do you know that your prayer and my prayer avails much? That's what the Bible says. This is a time and a season for us to up our prayer life. And we are spiritually equipped to offer worship and to offer intercession and prayer as priests of the Most High God. You see, as a church of a living God, we are the ones through whom he intends establishing his purposes on this earth. God can force himself on the earth. I mean, people have said, but why doesn't he stop all the evil right now? Well, there will come a time when he will, I can assure you. It's prophesied and it will happen at the return of the Lord. But between now and then, we are the ones who are establishing his purposes in this earth to the best of our ability. So these are, these are platforms. These are fundamentals 
fundamental understanding of who we are in this time and season. Do you know that God can use you right now to pray for someone who has caught COVID-19 and through the laying on of hands and by the stripes of Jesus, that person can be set free. The question is, are you prepared to do that? You know, at the outset of this pandemic, Pastor Lindsay and I, we made a decision and we told that to people. Say, we don't care if you got COVID-19. If you want us to come and pray with you, we will. So we applied to become essential services, which allowed us to travel. This was the early days of shutdown last year in March. And we said to those, I don't care what sickness you have, do you know that God will protect you from COVID-19 just as he can protect you from just the flu or a cold? It's not, it's not more difficult for God. But if I'm an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, I've got to be able to rise above all of this and I've got to be able to honor the word of God that say these signs will follow those who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And I am an ambassador of healing to those who are sick. So if I don't get out there and trust God to protect me, then who will pray for the sick? Lord, you know, people of God, there's just a, so much more to share about who we are. But I'll, there were two questions I asked early on. Who are we and what is our purpose? So I want to deal with that one a little bit. Our purpose is to reestablish the plans and the purposes of God in this earth by destroying the works of the enemy the devil, as much as we can. That's our purpose. You know, many people have lost sight of this today. The church sometimes becomes like a bit of a club where we meet our friends. And, and that's great. The fellowship is wonderful. And it's part of the purposes of God that we should have fellowship with one another. And that's wonderful. And on that score, I want to encourage more people to get back to church. I was talking to people after church this small, uh, uh, loss, uh, on Sunday, sorry, past Sunday. And they were so glad to be back. Some of them haven't been in church for a year. And they were telling me how wonderful and refreshing it had been. I want to encourage you, get back to church. Get back to church. And so our purpose is to reestablish the plans of God, the purposes of God in this earth by destroying the works of the devil as much as we can. You see, God never created this earth to be in the state that it is today. Never. That was never his intention. When he created the earth and he, and he created the stars and all of that, he planted a garden which was a replica of heaven on earth. And that is where he put the man. God was making a statement. He was saying, this is how I want the earth to be. I want to, the earth to be like heaven. And then he, he put the man and the woman in there and he gave them a command. 
He gave Adam. It was Adam. Till this land. Look after it. Take care of it. And propagate it. That's what Adam was meant to do. That was the plan of God. It was never his plan to have the earth in the state that it is today. A state of chaos. You know where there is no godliness, there is chaos. It's darkness, it's not light. A state of corruption. Corruption is so rife. It's not just in our country, people of God. You know, we have a tendency to think of South Africa, uh, and we know there's been huge corruption here. And, and so because we live here, we think maybe it's not like that in the UK or in Europe or wherever. But let me assure you, corruption is everywhere. Everywhere. The state of the earth today is evil resulting from the effects of sin. Evil is flowing like a wave. It's like a wave. And it's getting more and more dark for the majority of the people that God absolutely values and treasures. And that wave of darkness is blinding them. And it's winning their hearts because the devil is at work. The purpose of the church is to destroy these outcomes of sin. Is to break it down. To bring harmony where there was chaos. To bring um, honesty and integrity where there was corruption. And to bring godliness where there was evil. Now, we can't force that on people. We know that. But we can certainly pray for change in people's lives. You know, as I'm ministering that word, it's ministering to me. I don't feel right now that I'm praying enough. Now, this is not condemnation. I'm not saying this to you for you to get into condemnation. No, it's an assessment. you got to assess for yourself. Are you letting God use you to establish his purposes in the earth? So the purpose of the church is to bring an end as much as we can to all of this chaos wherever possible and bring forth the outcomes of godliness. Do you know, as I'm ministering this, I'm just reminded of a story of a little girl. Some of you have heard this, I'm sure. Who was picking up all these little creatures that had been washed by the tide. Thousands of these little creatures had been washed onto the beach. And they were all cooking in the sun and were going to die, all of them. This little girl was walking around and she was picking one and throwing it back into the sea and picking one and throwing it back into the sea. And this old man came along. He says, little girl, what are you doing? She says, well, I'm putting some of these little creatures back into the sea where they belong. He says, don't waste your time. Have a look. Look at the beach. There's millions of them. 
She picked one up. She threw it back into the sea. She said, old man, it's made a difference to that one. Do you see, we have this tendency to think, if I can't be a Reinhard Bunker or a Benny Hinn, then what's the use? Let me tell you what the use. You can make a difference to that one. That's all God needs. It's all he needs. The kingdom of God is established one person at a time. Who has God put in your sphere of influence? Is it a family member? Is it a colleague? Is it someone who has hurt you? Is it someone who is suffering? This is the person God's put in your sphere of influence because he wants you to make an impact and to touch that person's life. That is his purpose for you. And if you lead just that person to Jesus by showing them the compassion and the love of Christ, you would have accomplished the purposes of God for your life. Amen. One person at a time into the kingdom of God. That's the way we depopulate hell and we populate heaven. Amen. You know, Jesus often attracted crowds of 25,000 people. He, he ministered to them, and then what did he do? He walked away. But those who experienced the miracles were those who were one-on-one -on -one that Jesus touched because they sought him. They looked for his touch. And I want to encourage you to make an impact with the love and the power of God that is in you and touch the lives of people who are in your sphere of influence with the love of Christ. Now, as a church of a living God, we are to continue what Jesus began 2,000 years ago, till he comes again. You know, the sad thing about the church is that religion infiltrated the church. Religion is a spirit, by the way. It's an evil spirit. What it does is it, it presents a form of godliness, but it denies the power. And the religion has influenced the church. And the church has gone into religion. As a result, it's lost its power. And I will minister a lot more of this in the weeks to come. But let's get rid of that. Let's mean business with God. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to put compassion in our hearts for those who need his touch, those who are in our sphere of influence. Now, very shortly, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to pick up from there next week. But the word translated church in the Bible, is the Greek word ecclesia. Okay? The word ecclesia means the gathering or the assembly of the people of God. It means a group. 
So however good it is, and we want you to continue to watch the, the live stream and all of this, and many other ministries that put out great, great messages, the assembly of the church is crucial. And this is what Jesus, and I'm going to leave it to that for, for this week. I'm going to pick up from next week. This is what Jesus said about the ecclesia, the church. Not individuals, the church, the ecclesia. Matthew 16, 18. He says, and I also say to you, he was talking to Peter, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. You can go look it up. The word is ecclesia. The fellowship, the gathering, the grouping called the church. He says, I will build that. I will build that ecclesia. And then look what he says next. We're talking of church powerful. He says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against that ecclesia, that gathering. So you need to know that Jesus prophesied church powerful. He never meant one individual by himself. He meant the gathering, the assembly, the ecclesia of the people of God. I'm going to leave it to that for now. I'm going to pick up on that next week. We're talking of church powerful. And I'm going to show you what hinders the power of God and what propels the power of God in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord.